from the Summer Skate Studios behind the Mask Hockey Shop to present College Hockey West Live for September 18th, 2022. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. College graduate, member of the military, and you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf, let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your next stay at Drury Hotel or at 1-800-DRURY-IN. College Hockey West Live from the Summer Skates Studios, presented by Behind the Mask. It's a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, especially college hockey fans, and maybe even hockey fans of uh, the N. HL Rookie Faceoff here in San Jose, California. Scott Strandy with you tonight from San Jose, California. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein joining me from beautiful Long Island, New York, where I'm guessing it's a balmy 100 degrees. And um, the sun is probably set now, but it's probably still very nice at the palatial estate. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> is that I, – I, I, I don't recall – <laughs> uh, hanging out at the uh, Pebble Beach Golf Club. I, that's, oh, you I, don't? You don't? No. I, you don't I, I can't that, say dude. that they let me in places like that, unlike <laughs> others on this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, it was an off day today, Paul. Uh, off? Yeah. I, I, how, how, I, how would you expect me to know? Uh, I was bagging up yard waste and uh, <laughs> and doing things like that I, I wouldn't know anything about off days and hanging out at golf clubs and all that other nonsense yeah well i can tell you that uh it was uh, a little bit soggy if the sun came and went today so it wasn't a near perfect day but it was fun it's been 30 plus years since i've been at Pebble Beach, the last time I was there, I'm happy to say that I walked away with a second-place check from a uh, Mizuno Pro-Am that uh, we brought some members out there with. So kind of right. fond memories of getting back there. It took me 17-mile drive, took Stephen Marsh with me, and drove him down 17-mile drive, saw some seals, saw some birds, right. um, all the good stuff. Did, did, did you drive with a chauffeur? No, no, I, I actually drove. The you chauffeur drove? had the day off today. It's an off oh, that's day. nice of you. That is very nice of you. 
Yeah, it's Very about nice. uh, an hour and 15 minutes south of us here in San Jose. Wait, you said um, 17 miles. A 17-mile drive. Would you do walk? No, no. 17-mile drive is yeah. what they call it at the uh, Pebble Beach area. You get on 17-mile drive, you pay them $11.25, and you drive the 17-mile drive, and it takes you basically around the Monterey Peninsula. Oh, that's just the address? Yeah, and it is actually 17 miles. It's a 17-mile road where it has uh, 17 stops along the way, and uh, you stop and get out and take pictures and step on the beach and come back and get in your car and get wet and... <laughs> all of that fun stuff from the rain uh okay uh, uh like i said i wouldn't know you know they they wouldn't if they don't let me in places like that ironically the sun came out for just a few minutes few glorious minutes as i got down to number 18 uh -huh. green and uh, that was that was really fun so i do have some good pictures from from the 18 green which is uh a memorable spot for me to say the least oh i'm sure um, you know, uh, it was very nice of you to let Steven tag along. Um, you know, he's pretty much, uh, um, and, and we, we did stop and get mountain Mike's pizza, which by the way is excellent. And, uh, okay. And, I, I, I will, uh, I know you're a New York city guy. I, I know you don't want to do I, the No, pizza listen, crawl. it could be, could be good. Do I don't Not here well, on 17 mile drive in Monterey. I mean, it could be good. I don't know. I'm just saying it's a it's a high bar. That's all. I'm telling you, it was pretty good, and uh, I had some churros for dessert, and sure uh, watched the good. watched the Cardinals and um, Raiders game up until the Cardinals started to make a ridiculous comeback, which they had no business doing. <laughs> uh, they're not the only ones that made ridiculous oh. comebacks, right, Cleveland fans? Oh my goodness. Uh, we listened to the game on the way back uh, right. to San Jose, and, and we could not believe what we were hearing um, going on. Of course, Stephen being a Vegas guy and me being a former Arizona guy. Um, anyway, that, that's kind of how we spent the off day. So I kind of put it out there on Twitter. I said, hey, what did everybody else do here on your off day? Because uh, if you think this has been easy, boy, I got something to tell you. It's been uh, a lot of work. These games at the uh, NHL rookie faceoff, have gone back to back to back, two straight days. Well, what's the, what, what was the format? They, they weren't playing three twenty-minute periods, were they? Yeah, a regular really? game, and they went three on three overtime, and they went to a shootout. If that happened, the first day it was uh, three two games all the way across the board. Right. And uh, the second day, which was Friday, uh, which was Saturday, sorry, um, was um, a little bit different. There were some things. I'll get into that in just a minute. Um, so there was some some game action going on. The Coyotes picked up a win. Uh, happy for Steve Potvin. Had a chance to visit with him afterwards and right. um, some of his guys and found out some of his guys took some bumps and bruises. And then the game, the final hockey, one of the right? night last night. <laughs> I mean, it is hockey. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, for the most part, though, the guys, Paul, have been happy to – to get the opportunity to be back on the ice and, and to get a three-day advance of uh, everybody else going to the NHL camps, which never really crossed my mind how important that was. But, man, several players told us, both Stephen and I, that it was important for them to get um, these extra three days in, A, learning a system, B, getting their legs under them again, and C, 
actually being able to play some physical hockey against somebody other than their own teammate. Well, you also have a situation where, you know, even the guys that have played at the higher level, you know, uh, of they, they, they have to get used to the speed too, because it is, it's a change. It is a change. There's there, you know, and that's, you know, that's across the board, right? Every, every player that, that, goes from level to level to level tells you that's the difference from each yep. level yep. and uh, you know that last jump is always the biggest jump yep it doesn't get any better than the nhl so that's uh that's kind of where it peaks but um tonight i thought we'd talk about some of the guys that made impacts because uh some of the college guys that made impacts and and i'm gonna start by by talking about two guys that you know, and, and I know, we both have a lot of support for it that came from Minnesota State. And I was shocked when the Avalanche came out on the ice on Friday and uh, Wyatt Amit was wearing the C. I was going like, man, he just joined this team. <laughs> and he just joined them last spring right after the Frozen Four. And um, uh, so am I surprised that he, he was wearing the C only from the standpoint that he hadn't been there very long? And I thought that was pretty gutsy to uh, to put it on him, but he he's got broad shoulders, man. He can handle it. Well, I I I think that sometimes you get guys that that kind of are sneaky in terms of how they climb through the ranks. I mean, nobody ever said that Amit didn't have, you know, was not a good player and was not a uh, a player capable of having a, a, a good NHL career. Okay. But, you know, sometimes um, those guys, even those kind of guys, so, you know, say that the uh, maybe not top pair type defenseman or that uh, top six forward will will just show up and have that sort of thing. And it's not something that you can calculate. It's not something that you could put in a computer they just have it well i told you he has it i saw it last year when he came to play the last four or five games of the season with the colorado eagles and immediately uh looked like he'd been there all year uh when they got into the playoffs he played uh, a lot of minutes on regular shifts he was uh, huge on the penalty kill i think he even saw some uh power play time last year for the Eagles. So I knew that, that he had that it, as you say. And um, what I guess I was most surprised with to start off this season, to bring him in when you've got the likes of Sample Ranta, um, John Luke Foodie, um, you look down the list and you've got uh, Nate Clerman. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's a number of players there that maybe could have wore uh, Oscar Olofsson is another one. 
uh, guys that could have wore the C, but they, they chose him. And uh, well, boy, did he carry himself well so far. He's got one day left to go. Well, let me see if you if you think that this is an unfair comparison in terms of, uh, and I and you know because I always have to bring it back to certain things for me. Um, but a guy like Ahmed is kind of like Kenny Morrow in style. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. It's a fair assessment. You know, in the right position, not flashy, steady. Um, let's, you know, quiet in, in, in the way he approaches things. Um, you know, you, you, you look around, if you look for him on the ice, he's always in the right spot. Um, you don't sit here and say, oh, well, you know, when Amit's on the ice, look out for that end to end rush, but he's always going to make that good first pass to get out of the end. He doesn't yep. make those kinds of mistakes very often. And, and, and those kinds of guys uh, get appreciated much more in the locker room than they do in the stands. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right on that. And uh, that, that's a really good analogy because uh, I still was just a little shocked that he had elevated himself that quickly in this organization to, uh, to earn a C um, for this rookie tournament, uh, rookie face-off, if you will. Uh, but that was that was something that uh, stood out to me right off the get-go. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me was, and not, not shocked again, just surprised, how about that, um, Minnesota Golden Gopher Ben Myers was the top-line center uh, for the uh, Avalanche and played uh, alongside John Luke Foody, and um, Oscar Olison in game one and game two. He was still with Foodie, but he had Ben Tardif with him on the other wing. But uh, Ben Myers all over the ice. And you know me, when I take pictures, uh, if somebody's in my lens all the time, I know they're uh, in the play all the time. And boy, 59 of Ben Myers was everywhere. Another guy, another college player that had an impact, I thought, for the Avalanche, Especially last night, I'll get into last night's game because believe me, I'm I'm gonna be ready to rant. So get ready. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> now, see, here's a like a, a different issue, um, and this is, you know, unfortunately for Meyer, um, he's got Meyer. a lot more, a lot more, um, roadblocks in front of him. In yeah, terms because of, of the talent of that roster ahead of him. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. agree. So, um, I mean, this the organization is stacked to begin with. Uh, yeah, it's the same up. way defensively, but I think Ben Myers might be one of the first two or three guys called up as a forward if there's an well, injury. And I think Wyatt Ahmet might be the first defenseman. He probably will be. I mean, I know if you look at the Avalanche roster, Okay, you uh, you don't want to sit here and 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 say, uh, you know, because I'm not obviously the general manager, but um, you know, salary cap issues, you know, Amit could play his way onto this team and make uh, somebody. 
available in a trade that you might not have thought of going into the season. Or somebody that you might be thinking of going into the season. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, but I mean, because of the salary cap, and right. we know that, you know, that, that, that that's a big issue. Um, you can't pay everybody. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so so let me jump into this, and then I'll go into last night's game because I'll do my rant, and then we can calm down. You can call me down at the break, and we can move on from there. But um, uh, Sam uh, uh, Ranta, just tell me it's not it has nothing to do with ESPN. No, no. Okay. No, uh, this is an on ice issue that that I took issue with, and and I just wasn't happy watching it. It wasn't any fun to watch it, and I thought there must be a score to settle. I'll get into it in just a couple of minutes. I promise. Okay. Uh, right. Sample Ranta had a really good first two games. It was all over the ice. Um, last night, he was, uh, for lack of a better word, attacked all night long by the Sharks. Um, okay. And we'll get into that in just a minute, so just remember that. But okay, but also remember, up. I didn't see it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you about it. Trust well, me. Well, that doesn't, that, well, I'm sure you will, but that doesn't mean. <laughs> I know, um, I know. Squat, uh, <laughs> if I don't, you know. But anyway, um, Sam Boranza was good. Of course, another gopher. So there's two gopher forwards there. Um, the other guy that I thought really grew up and matured a ton, and he didn't have a lot that he had to go, but um, Cameron Wright uh, played both games. The first day he was on the fourth line. The second game he was on the second line. That second game was last night against San Jose. Okay, so let me lead into how this all came about. Um, Colorado has some older players, some 20, couple of 24 year olds, some 25 year olds, some 22 year olds. A lot of the other teams had a lot younger players on their roster. Um, so San Jose last night comes out with a roster and, um, goodness gracious, uh, they had defensemen, six, four, two, 20, six, three, two, 20, six, three, 200, um, six, one, one ninety. This is right. four of their six defensemen. Uh, okay. Ryan Merkley at 5'11", 186, was the small guy uh, in their roster. They brought in guys uh, up front that were 195, 205, 190, 200. Uh, you get the picture. They brought in some horses, some big horses. No problem with that, okay? So let me okay. pre- preface that by saying I have no problem with that. These guys are trying to make a career for themselves. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Here's where I thought things got out of hand. And I'm not sure if there's something on the back channels between Colorado and San Jose, but clearly San Jose did not play this roster uh, on opening night against the Ducks, I believe. The Ducks are the Kings. Um, So when they came out, they were not only hitting and physical, and as you would expect, but they were pushing it to the limit. And again, if it's a one-on-one and it's going to be a fight or something after the whistle and it's one-on-one and the bigger guy happens to be wearing teal and the smaller guy happens to be wearing, uh, you know, blue and maroon, um, okay, um, you know, you got a bigger guy. Uh, I get how that's going to go. Here's where I, I, I lost it a little bit. Uh, San Jose came out, jumped out to a 3 nothing lead, and then they started to really, really get physical. And again, that's fine. But here's what happened. After every hit, they tried to pick a fight. If they didn't pick a fight, two other guys came in from San Jose again. So it was three on one. 
and then um, and that happened continually from the end of the first period all the way to the end of the game. So it was three on one here and there. And then when there was an altercation, again, it was two or three on one. Um, and I was going like, what, what, what's the beef here? Because this is a rookie face-off tournament, if you want to call it that. But what's the beef where you have to bring three guys to take on one? And they did it to sample random multiple times. Uh, Cameron Wright got the uh, feeling that he was in the NHL or at least the AHL because uh, he got into a little scrum with uh, Samuel Mayer, 6'3", 200 pounds. Uh, Samuel Mayer basically picked him up and body slammed him without a helmet on onto the ice. Cameron hit his head on the ice. Um, it didn't look good right away, but uh, he got up. He went to the penalty box and was rubbing his head, and the linesman immediately took him to uh, the locker or to the door and sent him down to the locker room, so they checked him out. Uh, to his credit, though, he came back in the second, towards the end of the mm, middle of the beginning of the first, second period, I guess. And he came back out and played the second, third, and was a force. Never moved away from the net. Actually made a great setup in front of the net. But my beef and my rant is, come on, San Jose. You're playing at home. There, there's no reason to go two or three on one with a team unless there's never a reason. But clearly, you had a beef. Somebody had a beef that they had a score to settle and they were taking it out on the rookies in the rookie tournament. And um, okay, I was but frustrated was... to watch it. All right. But first of all, these are the San Jose rookies too. I mean, this is not like they're no, playing no. their NHL guys in against. No, so no, I'm not saying that I'm saying two on one, three on one. If you're going to get into a scrap and you got the bigger guy, do it one on one. You don't need to bring two of your teammates in. To, to make it a three-on-one. And they got penalized for it in the third period a couple of times okay. for having an extra so, guy jump in. All right. But but the bottom line of it is they took liberties with a lot of uh, Colorado Avalanche smaller rookies, if you will. And I got a feeling that there were some notes being made from uh, the Colorado management to, uh, to say there's going to be a score to settle down the road because – I saw some guys yesterday from Colorado that weren't happy with what they were witnessing on the ice because it was taken away from the great play. And San Jose's got some talent. I mean, they had William Eklund, they had Thomas Bordalo, they had Ethan Cardwell up front. They had Tristan Robbins seconding, centering the second line with uh, Ozzy Weisblatt and Brandon Coe. So their two lines were really good, talented players. They did not have to play this style. And again, if you want to check, and even if you want to have a fight, just do it one-on-one. I mean, even if you're bigger, just do it one-on-one. You don't need to bring two or three teammates. And had it happened once, I would have said, yeah, okay. But it happened multiple times. And when I say multiple, probably six to eight times I can remember um, in that game. And it was it was frustrating. The fans were frustrated uh, unless, you were were, uh, unless you were a uh, San Jose fan. You were loving it okay. because they were just beating on you. But, but people... You could see it. People were uncomfortable because that's not what this was meant to be. It wasn't meant to be a settle a score for whatever reason. And clearly it felt that way. I hate commenting on something like this because it's not like you and I always see the same things. Uh, and not having seen it, um, 
Well, I know, and that's that's it's hard for. That's why I'm giving you the rundown from what my eyes saw, and I looked right. around at other people, other media, other scouts, and they were going like, "Wow, <laughs> this isn't this isn't the way you're supposed to do this." But clearly, there was a score to settle, and I don't know well, what it was. But nobody said anything to you after. Nobody said anything to you afterwards. No, no. Did you ask? Um, uh, I didn't. Who would I ask? There's really nobody to ask. I, there was I really nobody know. to ask about it, but um, you know, people that were watching. Clearly, the Denver people were upset by it. If you were on Twitter, uh, saw our friend Megan Angley. She she saw it clearly on the on the stream. Um, other people saw it clearly on the stream. Um, you know, it, it, I I guess my thought was it was a really good tournament for the first five games, and then the sixth game popped up, and unfortunately, it was the last game in the new rank. And um, I just don't know what the point was, I, I guess. And if somebody had gotten hurt, and Cam Wright could have certainly gotten hurt really bad when he gets tossed to the ice without a helmet on um, and hits his head. Uh, and, and I think Cam is all right. He came back and played. I haven't heard anything from him today. So I, I'm assuming he's okay. But um, it just was a frustrating sight to see. There's something that I thought we'd gotten rid of in hockey that, you know, one-on-one fights are going to happen. I get it. But this gang fighting is ridiculous. And I'm sure if somebody goes back and looks at the clip, they're going to go, what? Why is there three Colorado or one Colorado guy surrounded by three shark guys? And it wasn't like they were yapping at him, Paul. They were they were cross-checking him. Well, I, I saw Sambo Ranta get cross-checked three times by three different players after the whistle. <laughs> that doesn't... That that's just not justified in my book. So that that was the only I, downside that I've seen in two days of what was pretty good hockey. I, I can only sit here and say that I, I think you know I could that in these types of situations you might see the out of place, so to speak. Uh, activity like this not because it might not be a score it just could be uh, we don't know what gets said on the ice that you know San Jose just might have a few more guys that think that's the way they have to make their team yeah I just thought it was um, I thought it was different because I watched it Friday night and that didn't happen. They were very good. They skated with the Kings up and down. They were they, they took the body at times, but they didn't surround people. It was it there was definitely a score to settle. I just don't know what the score was that they or if they even settled it. I guess they did on the scoreboard because they won five to one. Well, sometimes the score also dictates that stuff. Yeah. Well, this happened before when it was zero zero. You could see this coming. When it was what? When it was nothing, nothing, you could see, oh, okay. it. you could see it coming, and you could see it by the lineup. They they built a big, physical, heavy lineup to go against Colorado. It was not the same type of lineup that they built to go against the Kings, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of lineup they build to play wow. tomorrow. But you know, it it is what it is. I mean, I, I was just frustrated at the way it was because. It was that lopsided, and I started looking at my Twitter account to say, "Is this? Am I seeing the right thing here, or is something else? Somebody else seeing something different?" But 
once I started looking at what was going on, they're going like, what's going on? Why is there always three Colorado guys get, or one Colorado guy getting beat up by three uh, Sharks guys? And uh, why are they always cross-checking? And, you know, and why are they doing it after the whistle? And then you look at the box score and you find out how many of them went to the box for that, um, you know. And to, to their credit, they were able to kill it off. But um, that'll take its toll on you. If you've ever taken a, a hockey stick to the ribs once, you know it, but if you get it three, four, five, six, seven times in a game, you uh, you can feel it. It'll you'll feel it in the morning. Oh, I'm sure they felt it before the morning. Oh, I'm sure they did. You know, um, but uh, listen, I, I I'm not defending what what you say happened. I just feel uncomfortable commenting. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't expect you to comment. I was just telling you what I witnessed. So uh, I was there reporting it and watching it and covering it, and that's that's what my eyes saw. Now, if somebody's got a something different, our text line is open. You can give us a call, text us, let me know that I saw something wrong. Um, right. If you want to go back and watch the stream and tell me I saw something wrong, I'm all for that too because um, I want to get it right. But I don't think – you're going to be able to find um, anything different because uh, the tape's not going to lie. It's going to show you what what was actually happening during that contest. And anyway, text line is open, 303-943-3772 if you want to chime in and, and give me some thoughts on what you thought uh, happened or whether I was right or wrong. So anyway, just want to throw that out there. Okay. Let's, take, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and talk to some more guys that made an impact because uh, we're not done yet. There's still... Plenty of college players that made their mark, at least through the first two days. One more game uh, day to go. It'll be tomorrow. Three games going on again at the beautiful Tech CU Center in uh, beautiful San Jose, California. We'll be right back. Behind the mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. 
go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Question? Comment? Let us hear from you on our text message line at 303-943-3772. College Hockey West Live is coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. Indeed it is College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy coming to you tonight live from San Jose, California. The site of the 2022 NHL Rookie Faceoff. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein joining me from beautiful Long Island, New York. Um, okay, Paul, I calmed down over the uh, commercial break. And um, I'm ready to start talking some more guys that made an impact, some guys that you know um, as well. Um, so let's start with your alma mater, who uh, we're not going to get into the football talk, but let's talk about on the ice. There's no football to talk about. <laughs> last year, last year's captain, Colin Tyson, um, started uh, Friday on the top line with Jack McBain and Ben McCartney for the Arizona Coyotes. He's played both games. He's been very solid. Um, I don't think anybody's totally shocked at that. Um, so you know what? There's a there's a former Sun Devil making uh, making some waves at the rookie showcase. Well, you know, over at at some point, you know, I mean, it'll it's going to happen slowly. I'm not going to sit here and you know nobody expects it to happen overnight. But as time goes on, you know, there's, what, six or seven or eight in that neighborhood of guys uh, that have come out of ASU's program in the last couple of years uh, in this type of situation. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the other guys haven't reached a level of Joey Decord yet. Um, in terms of uh, consistently being in the NHL, and we know that Joey's kind of gone up and down a little bit, but he's the top dog right now. And, you know, eventually, you know, you're going to see guys that make a, uh, an impact at, at the highest level on a regular basis. Uh, Tyson was good for ASU last year. Uh, you know, the especially uh, offensively where they had a, a bunch of guys that uh, could put the puck in the net or help set up stuff for you going in the net. ASU's problem obviously was on the back end. So. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. Tyson almost had 20 goals last year, so, you know, it's pretty darn good. Yep, absolutely. And he did get a taste of AHL hockey with the Roadrunners last year at the end of the season. So um, he had a little bit of uh, knowledge about what to expect this weekend, I think. Um, the other guy that stood out for the Coyotes roster, uh, college-based or NCAA, former NCAA player, Minnesota State, Nathan Smith. Um, again, I was shocked, um, to say the least, when I saw he was out there wearing an A. Uh, I asked uh, uh, head coach um, Steve Potvin about it after last night's game. I said, Nathan won an A. I said, uh, kind of surprised me. And he goes, well, he earned it. And uh, he also said that he had an ankle injury and was uh, dealing with that now. So he didn't right. play much, if at all, yesterday. I don't think he played at all yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see if he's back on the ice tomorrow. Um, and I'm going to give you a little insight of to what happens with this uh, rookie tournament, rookie face-off, if you will. Those guys play, there's three games a day, Friday, Saturday, right. and Monday. They also have a morning skate each day. They also had practices today on Sunday, their off day. So uh, to say that they're getting a lot of hockey in a four-day period, they're getting a lot of hockey in a four-day period. So. Well, uh, yeah, I'll ask you this. I, I mean, when you sit there and you look at at, at who the Coyotes had at this thing, um, you know, uh, they had a lot of very solid front end talent on their, on, you know, on their roster. I mean, Jack McBain scored 20 just about last year at BC. Yep before he played at the end of the year also in uh, that city down south. Um, you know. That's uh, Tucson, folks. Right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, basically they had three 20-goal college scorers, in, uh, you know, in that in that lineup yesterday. Um, so I'm not surprised that, that they, they had a good showing. And Dylan Gunther made his appearance um, yesterday for the first time in the in the showcase. And uh, looked really good. Had a chance to visit with him for a minute or so after the uh, the game. And I thought Dylan carried himself very well. And Connor Geeky, the, their pick, first-round pick this year. Was he a first-rounder or a second-rounder this year? I can't remember. Um, um, he was their second first-rounder. First round. Yeah. He was uh, he was unbelievable. Six-foot-four, carries his weight really, really well. A centerman that goes up and down the ice. He's 205. Um, and, uh, and looked really, really solid. He kept getting better and better. The first day, I thought, mm, boy, I don't know if he's everything they're talking about. The second day, yeah, he was everything they're talking about. And um, once he starts to get a little confidence and comes into his own, they've got a really, really good one in him. I don't think Dylan uh, Gunther will spend much time in Tucson. I think he's going straight up to the the uh, the big club in Tempe. Right. <laughs> so... So we'll see what happens. But those were a couple of guys, and I'm glad you brought up Jack McBain because, yeah, he had a really good tournament as well. Um, it was funny. Ben McCartney was named captain of the Arizona squad, and uh, he was asked yesterday after the game, he goes, you know, um, named captain, how did that all come about? And he goes, I don't know. I came in the locker room, and there was a C on my jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure they talked about it. He's got the most – uh, professional experience of, yeah. of, of the guys there. Um, and, you know, eventually these guys will settle in nicely in Wichita. And, 
um, get a good thing going. Okay, so let's jump over to the Vegas uh, Golden Knights squad. Um, there's one that stands out right off the get-go, and of course that's Brendan Brisson, who was an NHLer playing in the wrong league. <clears throat> there's uh, other than giving him some experience, there's no reason to have Brendan Brisson on that ice. And and fingers crossed that if he plays tomorrow, he does not get hurt, because that would be the only thing that would spoil this. Um, Connor Ford also looked really good. The Bowling Green slash North Dakota product playing in the middle of the ice for the Golden Knights. And then Isaiah Seville, uh, very solid, of course, the Nebraska-Omaha product in goal. Uh, I thought he looked really, really good. The goaltenders were, were outstanding in day one. Um, the backups, if you will, weren't as sharp, I didn't think, in day two. See, I think that uh, Seville has a unique spot in, in, in on this team. Um, he, you know, just based on everything that's happened with the Golden Knights roster. Yeah. You know, he has a chance to make a an impact at some point this year. I don't know, you know, if that's, you know, where, where you know, if, if that'll happen, but he has a chance based on the, 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 you know, where the Golden Knights goalie situation is with Robin Leonard being out. Um, and I'm sure Steven has his thoughts about the Vegas goaltending. Yeah, well, I can tell you from from what it looks like now in the depth charts, they did do a, or made a trade with uh, San Jose to pick up Aiden Hill. So yeah, uh, I, 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 was it you know decent goalie had 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 some good moments with the Coyotes before they traded him. Um, but I, I don't think anybody looks at that as a long term answer. No, but um, I, I think that might restrict how uh, how much time Isaiah Seville might have, and I think he's probably probably going to spend a lot more time um, with the Henderson Silver Knights than he will with the Vegas Golden Knights. But nonetheless, he was he was impressive, I thought, and carried himself real well. And I thought I, I got a picture, uh, a really good look of him and his former teammate Taylor Ward, who plays for uh, the Kings organization, and. Uh, they were having a little chat before the game. And, of course, uh, the Kings goaltender uh, on this squad is David Rennick, right. uh, the former St. Cloud State goaltender. So the three of them met at center ice and were kind of having a little chat before game. And I, I thought that was kind of cool that um, those three were there. Uh, I will say in David Rennick's case, I've seen him play now. This is the fourth time as a pro. And, um, wow, he's a little shaky. He's a little shaky. I mean, listen, I mean, you know, um, I don't think, I mean, he'll definitely get his shot there in Ontario. Um, but I'm not sure that, you know, he's depth. You yeah, know, he might, the unfortunate part, he might, he might be depth in Ontario as well. Well, that could be too. Um, the Kings, uh, prospect, uh, Composition is is right up there with the best in, in, in the NHL. 
Everybody looks at it as like a top three uh, prospect list in terms of overall. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys here trying to help rebuild this franchise. And, yeah. And, you know, if you don't have to hit all on your prospects, but if you have a lot of them, the odds are in your favor. Well, and let me tell you, one place where the goaltending may have been solved quickly, <laughs> Strauss Mann uh, is, is with the uh, San Jose organization, and I was looking forward to watching him play, and I thought he was outstanding uh, on Friday night. Then I saw their, their uh, draft pick from this year, the fourth-round pick, Mason Bopit, 6'5", 190, 18 years old, and he was outstanding against the uh, the Colorado Avalanche last night. Uh, great saves, great positioning, great composure. I mean, everything that you can say about a goaltender, he had, including size, yet he covered the bottom of the net, he covered the top of the net. Uh, he was outstanding, and I would love to see him play again, but I don't know if I will. Um, but at 18 years old, to see a goaltender with that much, I mean, he, he was on the likes of uh, – uh, you know, Strauss man for sure. And uh, probably would be challenging a, uh, an 18 year old Spencer Knight. That's how good. Wow. He was. Well, listen, I mean, let's not get carried away uh, at six, five, one ninety. Uh, he probably has to put a few pounds on because that will wear down quickly during a long season. So, uh, let, let's, uh, well, I'm just, just telling calm you. Calm down a little bit. He he was outstanding. He was outstanding. Oh, that's fine. I good for him. Really, I'm not really good against people. And, and by the way, there's another guy for the uh, San Jose Sharks. Two guys actually. One a college kid. One one that wasn't. But uh, Thomas Bordalo, goodness gracious. Well, he's still level I on mean, him is good too. Here's what I worry about with Bordalo though. He is really small, and uh, if people start taking liberties with him. Uh, he's not going to be able to hold up, I don't think, because uh, that, that's a small-framed 5'10", 175. I think that's stretching on both ends. you got to hit him. you got to be able to hit him first. Yeah, but if you do hit him, you can knock him six, seven feet into the air. <laughs> uh, I, you know, listen, I mean, I've heard this about hockey players for as long as I've been watching the games. Little guy, little guy, all you got to do is hit him. Well, yeah, all you got to do is hit him. Okay. Um, saying it and doing it are not necessarily the same thing. The other guy that stood out for San Jose, and you've probably seen the video over and over again in overtime, took 32 seconds for William Eklund to do a couple of spinoramas and bury one uh, to finish it off and, and get a win in, in Friday night's game. And, boy, he just he, he was beaming from ear to ear afterwards because he was so happy with, to be back on the ice with his teammates and getting the opportunity. And, there's a big breath of fresh air in San Jose. You know the new management, uh, right. the new head coach uh, right. at both the Barracuda and the, the Shark level. I did see David Quinn having a pretty right. decent conversation with Greg Cronin, the uh, head coach of the Colorado Eagles. Right. Uh, of course, a couple of Easterners. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There was, there was kind of hard to decipher, but I did hear a couple of dunks in there. So I think they, uh, they were talking about Boston. Well, and the God. Uh, listen, listen, I do. Uh, 
Uh, I don't know. It, it, I, I, I know where Cronin's from, but it still cracks me up when I hear him. You know. <laughs> well, David Quinn as well. <laughs> but... Oh, I'm sure. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't pay. I didn't pay much attention to his, you know, post game stuff when he was coaching in Manhattan. But you know, uh, yeah, I'm shocked at that. I'm sure you are. <laughs> anyway, um, so there's a breath of fresh air in San Jose. The new building for the Barracuda, the practice facility. Jumbo Joe Thornton was rolling around. Um, I saw him a couple of different times yesterday, and he, he looks an awful lot like he still wants to play. 43 years old, and uh, he was teaching the kids something um, in the in the pregame skate or the morning skate yesterday as Stephen and I walked into the building and Jumbo Joe was all over the place. So, <laughs> Well, listen, you know, uh, they'll all tell you whether they're is in their mid-40s like Thornton or in their mid-20s like the guys you were watching play, everybody feels great in the middle of September. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's some guys know that after a couple of days in this rookie faceoff, uh, probably don't feel so great this morning. Um, and one of them being Cameron, right. As I mentioned, uh, one guy that's feeling pretty good after taking a major, major hit is uh, LA Kings, Brant Clark. Um, right at the whistle in regulation of a tie-tie game against Vegas, he took a shot to the head. Like, oh, I mean, it got oohs and ahs from all over the building. He went down. He was down on the ice for a little bit. They got him back up. He didn't go into con- concussion protocol, which probably he should have. They went to three-on-three overtime. It, uh, it skated the entire three-on-three. The Golden Knights were shorthanded because of that match penalty that was called. Um, and, and nobody scored. So they go to the shootout and, um, and David Rennick hadn't been great in that game either, by the way, but he, he held up, um, in the shootout, made two saves, one, um, against Brendan Brisson, where he came out about 10 feet out in front of the net and stacked his pads and totally caught Brisson by, by surprise. And who shot it right into his pads, <laughs> But um, here's the funny part. Brant Clark got the second opportunity on the shootout for the Kings. He scores the goal, doesn't celebrate. He skates right over to the, the door to the locker rooms, <laughs> takes a stick, pushes it down, opens the door, and starts strutting down the hallway. Uh, and everybody was waving him back. <laughs> the game was over with because they'd scored twice and Vegas had missed twice. So that meant there was nothing left to do. But it was classic, one of the classic walk-offs in, in, in uh, professional hockey. Yeah, well, you know what I feel about the shootout, so. <laughs> yeah, well, he was kind of telling the whole world what you might think of the shootout because he, uh, he strutted on right down the hallway to the locker room. So uh, pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks, as you would guess, Sasha Pashevov was, uh, was doing the Sasha things. And uh, Mason McTavish is like Brendan Brisson and has no business being on that ice. He's just way, way too good. He, there, there's no reason to even have him out there, but um, he can hold his own, obviously. So Listen, they're, they're clearly in some of these situations, it's just a matter of, uh, we can get these guys on the ice for a couple extra nights, a couple extra days, and get them into game shape faster. Yeah, that's exactly what it was, too. Uh, Brendan Brisson said it. Um, that's, it's three games, right? 
that yeah. uh, they get they get a head start on everybody and especially like in Vegas now they got to learn that Bruce Cassidy system and although Joel Ward was on the bench uh, for this contest or these contests in San Jose uh, obviously they were getting an opportunity to run his style and learn his style three days ahead of everybody else that's coming to the NHL camp. Yeah, I mean that once again that's 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 what you're looking for. You you know you these guys are um like you said probably some of them didn't need to be there but um playing a game is better than than you know doing drills so yep exactly um another guy that stood out avalanche uh a forward oscar olison was just he was just doing oscar things as i call it he just uh was unbelievable alex bokaj i thought looked really good um and then, as I mentioned, Wyatt Amit on defense was was a, just a steady force. They did bring uh, Eustace Anunen to the to the tournament, and uh, luckily they did because he was much better than the backup Trent Miner. Well, you know, I don't think this is about winning and losing, but oh yeah, maybe you want to talk to the San Jose people about that. Uh... You know, whatever. I mean, San Jose wanted to make sure they didn't lose. They don't want to lose any games in this building, well, and that, they're going to do whatever they got to do. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Jumbo Joe comes out tomorrow to to skate. Is he going to play? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be old? a bit surprised if he came out to play. <laughs> okay, forty-three year old rookie back. <laughs> anyway, um, give him credit, man. I mean, San Jose. Their facility is fantastic. Uh, they've got a bunch of ice surfaces where you can play. And when, when Stephen and I walked in on Thursday night, that place was so packed with kids playing hockey, figure skating, just having a good time on the ice. That, you know, kudos to San Jose for getting that out there. Because, I'm not knocking uh, them. No, I'm not. I know you're not. I'm just telling you that I'm giving them a big shout-out because they really looked and uh, made the best use of their ice surfaces, and they've got a bunch of them. Need more. Need more. Yeah. Well, maybe not in San Jose, but other places for certain. Wow. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens on that. But uh, the point of the show tonight was to tell you that, that the NCAA, NCAA level players were are, are ready. They're ready to move to the AHL level when they come out now, the, the top ones anyway. Some of them, as we know, move right into the NHL level. But NCAA hockey has gotten so much better. It's not even funny. Last night, Paul, all four Frozen Four teams were represented in one game. I mean, listen, I, I mean, this is why they need more more, more places to play. Yes. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, for crying out loud, we, we, we sit here and and, you know, the, the the fact of the matter is, and this has been said now for a long time, this is not just uh, something that came up because of the pandemic. They, you know, they need they need more more stalls, as we like to call it, as you like to say. They need more. They need more more you know more 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 lockers, more more. More teams. I mean, they just they have to have it. Uh, there's just so many players now that you know that that 
and and more and more, you know, as we've talked about, come they, they come into the NHL from college. So. Okay, so let me wrap it up on a couple of things that um, might create some more stalls. Okay. Uh, I had a visit on my way up here, and we'll be having another visit on Tuesday, by the way, with the folks at San Diego State, who, uh, by the way, became new corporate partner along with uh, Central Oklahoma and Oklahoma. So thank you guys for joining our ACHA corporate partnership ranks. We appreciate that, and we will uh, help you continue to grow your programs. Um, San Diego State, much closer than ever imagined to uh, becoming an NCAA hockey program. Really? Um, yeah, very much closer. Um, I, I saw the building that's already on campus that houses their basketball team. I heard the numbers, what it would take to convert it. I know that they're working on those, uh, finding the, the money to do that. I also know that... Um, the, uh, the process has been started in a feasibility study. The process has been started in Title IX. The process has um, been started this, in the this, admissions process. Is this all stuff that... that uh... That... Well, I mean, I don't know. Something... Did you go away? No, I'm still here. You? Oh, okay. I'm just asking if... Uh... Was it were these these were on the record conversations? Yes. Okay. Um, they'll they'll be public, um, publicly put out there before too very long. But um, yeah, they're they're actively seeking the opportunity to make the jump. Uh, we well, know listen. what the situation is like. They told me there was one hundred eleven thousand applications to get into that university. Only thirty one percent were accepted. Um, so that's the first hurdle. October 1, that changes. There'll be some room for for hockey athletes to uh, well to get into the school. Listen, I'm, I'm going to say this, and um, I am a little partial to that school. I, I, I um, As you know, uh, my, my friend Rob's daughter went to San Diego State. Um, so, you know, they always catch my eye, and I mean – Lord knows, I can't imagine why anybody would want to go there. Um, imagine, you know, 80 degrees and sunny, 352 days a year. and uh, You know, being that close to the water and the beach and just awful. I can't imagine anybody wanting to go there. Well, let me let me tell you a little secret. We're doing a little uh, film shoot on Tuesday at the beach and at practice. Really? For the new, uh, the new feature coming up, that's uh, that's going to be called uh, Sun, Sand, and Hockey Aztec Style. Listen, I'm I, I'm in. You you know me. I, I I love my alma mater, but you know that place wouldn't be too bad to play either. Nope. And uh, <laughs> you want to talk about right on campus uh, from Frat Row? You can uh, throw a baseball and hit the hit the arena that's how close it is so um that feature will be coming out uh the end of this week um as we head up uh just a couple other notes uh to talk about the nchc media day coming up this thursday in saint paul minnesota so i'll go from san jose to san diego to phoenix to minneapolis 
or to St. Paul, I should say, and then come back to Denver. So it, it's a long route. Um, we've been uh, planning this out for a long time. So we're well, listen, forward if you're to gonna, it. You're going to, you know, I, you know me, I'll, September, Minnesota in September. Okay. <laughs> How about San Diego in January? Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Just throwing it out there, but yeah. yeah, it would be, it would be fantastic to see them make the move and they, they are determined. Um, the coaching staff there, the administration there is on the same page. You know, the hoops that have to be jumped through, they've jumped through a lot of them. Now it's I time do. to, uh, to start doing some winning on the ice and, uh, they start this weekend, um, with some games at home and they're playing a lot of uh, tough competition, not nearly as tough as the team that will be going the NCAA next year that of course really? being the UNLV skating rebels uh yeah yeah whatever I mean okay talk, talk to me in April no no I've come, heard come all back. this crap before come down and beg beg me in April for forgiveness yeah okay. because you had to, you had to do that against uh, with Lindenwood no I didn't you had, had to come whimpering back and tell me that I was right Nah, whatever <laughs> You you act like I want you to be wrong. <laughs> you do. <laughs> no, I don't. Not 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 with this. Uh, okay. There's a lot of stuff I expect you to be wrong about. I don't want you to be wrong about this. My roommate my roommate says that you, you definitely want me to be wrong. <laughs> Why would I want you to be wrong about this? I don't know, but I'm telling you, um, it, it's going to make a jump here really quick. And uh, I, like I said, for the last seven years. Uh, it used to be if you even brought up that you would like to become an NCAA program, um, boy, people were telling you to shut up quickly, and, and and this is taboo, and you can't you can't talk about that. Well, well that's all changed now. Well, see, that's a, a a conversation I'd like to have with some people uh, on on you know one night on the on on the program, you know, uh, even if I have to listen to you and Steven talk about it um on on a wednesday night show um you know what is it about the situation that has changed that no longer people had to keep it in the shadows so to speak well i i can only just give my opinion on that but penn well, state i know i want to hear someone i want to hear penn, from people that well penn state was the first one to make the jump and uh they had money a lot of money well so I, that yeah. that made sense that doesn't right? count though I know, but other yeah, it does it does still count unfortunately because they well, raised the jump. Uh, anyway, um, the other teams out there now are starting. Their universities are starting to be a little bit more open minded, going like, "Hey, um, we're in the business of making money, and if there's another revenue sport out there, that um, because in the past uh, seven, ten, fifteen years ago, uh, people were thinking that hockey could not be a revenue sport, and it was a too expensive sport." And now they're starting to see examples of it. Penn State, now Arizona State, and um, and the guys at San Diego said they have got their eyes like a hawk on what's going to happen at Arizona State. They want to see the, the building full. They want to see uh, revenue coming in. They want all that stuff so that they can use it as quote-unquote ammunition uh, at their schools. And we both know it. We, we know that they can be the third highest revenue generating in most universities really, really quickly. So it's not anymore about a drag 
on the uh, athletic budget for a boost to the athletic budget. And yeah. if you promote it, and if you do the right things, and of course, if you win, um, those coffers get filled a little higher and a little quicker. Yeah, yeah. I, I Listen, winning solves everything. Not everything, but it helps. Well, you got to do, yeah, fine. Yeah. So anyway, so those are just a couple of tidbits. I know we ran over long again. I'm about four and a half minutes over uh, the time, but I had to get that out there and let people know that uh, there is more stuff coming on the horizon. We're going to be here to bring it all to you on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday nights. And, of course, Stephen Marsh and myself will be with you on Wednesday nights bringing that uh, Great West College Hockey podcast and the ACHA feel to you. We got one more day to go with the uh, NHL rookie faceoff right here in uh, San Jose, California. And uh, then it's on to start talking NCAA stuff because, Paul, I don't know if you know this, but two nights from or two weeks from tonight, we're going to be talking about the first games being played. I'm aware. Ah, love it. Love it. And by the way, our previews will start coming out seven days in advance. So look for them next Friday. Uh, will be the first one. We'll talk media day, and then we'll move up from there to uh, get all of our uh, seven teams hopefully completed and put out for you one a day all the way up to the uh, Saturday night opener on October 1st. Okay, that's cool. All right, take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask, College Hockey West live on the Ice Time Hockey West.com network brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. The best in barbecue Las Vegas style at the original restaurant, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, as well as the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three valley locations or behindthemask.com. For the NCHC and NCHC.tv, subscribe to NCHC.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Drurians and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Top Golf, play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf center or go to TopGolf.com. Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. College Hockey West Live presented by Behind the Mask and all of the Ice Time Hockey West.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, wherever you get your podcasts from. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. I will tell everybody to tune in to all of our social media channels. If you want to keep up to date with the uh, Rookie Faceoff, they can be found at uh, anywhere. Just go to <laughs> go to Twitter and look, and you'll find us everywhere. Also, uh, go to the new Pro Hockey West Report uh, on YouTube, our new YouTube channel, and uh, tune into our weekly show, which is either live or aired live at uh, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time Thursday night. So, all right, folks, have a great evening. 
Paul Hornstein and myself will be back with you tomorrow night as we talk uh, more analytics and eyeballs, hopefully with a really good guest I'm shooting for tomorrow. <laughs> so we will uh, we'll try to bring you some excitement. I promise that. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.